Well, the game may be over, but the best Hawkeye analysis is just getting started. This is the Jethro's Barbecue Sound Off. Ross Peterson and Travis Justice are taking your calls. Sound Off. This is your home for the Hawkeyes. News Radio 1040, WHO, and the iHeart Radio app. Hour number two of the Jethro's Barbecue Sound Off on News Radio 1040 WHO. I'm Travis Justice. He's Ross Peterson. And uh, the sun, it's, it's nice to see the sun right now, but the shades of the WHO studio are busted. So I can't see like anything on the screen right now. It's just, it's very frustrating. I know people love to hear my personal problems when it comes to, you know, trying to, to, to host this show. Nothing we love more, Travis. Yeah, you know what? Here's what we'll do I'll take care of you. I got you, boo. Thanks, man. First time that's been said on WHO. <laughs> Claude calling in from Northwest Iowa. That's pretty unspecific, Claude. We got four quadrants like that in the state. Where are you calling from? Uh, I'm on my way to Minneapolis, but okay. uh, from Okaboji. Okay. Wow. Well, that's pretty close. What do you got for us today, Claude? Yeah, uh, I'm uh, happy to see the Hawkeyes that are scoring some lot of points here these days with yeah. Brian uh, running the offense there. And, uh, People have been uh, talking about the uh, throwing a lot of passes late in the half, late in the game there. Uh, Brian is the one that calls the plays, and he's a little more volatile than his dad is. And uh, Ed and Gary were talking about how the Indiana coach is kind of acting like a jerk on the sideline running around all over. So it wouldn't surprise me if Brian kind of put a little thumb in his eye here or there. You know, Claude, I'm not going to take that off the table. I, I'm not. I, I think you might be onto something there. I certainly agree with you. I love the you, you use the word volatile when talking about Brian Ferentz. He certainly is more volatile than Kirk, and I and I think you might be onto something there. We did talk a couple times, Travis, throughout the game about those sideline warnings that were coming. One of them was. Because they had the sideline warning, Travis. Then didn't they have an unsportsmanlike? No, they 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 actually had a sideline warning and two unsportsmanlike conduct. There we go. Um, so th- and this is the one that happened in the se- in the second quarter. After the play was over, unsportsmanlike conduct. Head coach of Indiana, fifteen <laughs> oh, yard penalty, first down. And he got another one, or the the sideline got another one. I think in the in the first quarter. So you don't see that that often. Could be. Uh, Claude, I'm not sure if it was Brian trying to put a thumb in the eye, if it was them going for that seventh touchdown like uh, Ed and Gary kind of uh, you know, were hypothesizing. That's something to throw into the soup, though, though Claude, that, uh, that Brian Ference is the guy calling the plays, and he's got a little bit more stink in him. Thanks. Yeah, I mean, uh, that guy called, what, a timeout or something at the end of the game? Oh. Making it, making it last longer. Another Brian threw a pass. Claude, that's another one to throw in there. You're right about that. No, he didn't call the timeout. They could have had the the that? runoff. So yeah. because you had the yeah. the uh, the false start penalty, and because it was under a minute and it was an offensive penalty, you could have the 10 second runoff. And at that Which point, you shouldn't have done. I like. I, I I'm not. Yeah. At that. that point, you're not going to win, and therefore that that's probably why they threw it. Probably with no intent of of scoring there, but maybe to send a message that was really stupid. Now. I, I don't want to poo-poo on the party of, of Brian Ferentz because everybody's saying, wow, we're scoring 42 points and 48 points, and that's all because of Brian Ferentz. Let's go back to 2015, shall we? That's when Iowa finished 12-0 and in a regular season, and Davis was the offensive coordinator at the time. They put up 31, 31, 27, 62, beat Wisconsin 10-6, 29, 40, 31, 35, 40, 40, and 28. I mean, they scored points that year, right? 
and let's look at the caliber of competition that Iowa's played the last. I just want to hundred percent back it off a little bit. This is how we actually started the show. Was great win, great performance. You have put up forty points against some pretty suspect defenses here with Minnesota and Indiana. Not going to be the case next week against Maryland. Now, I know a lot of Hawkeye fans are screaming at the radio, we put 55 on Ohio State! So you can score yes. against those great offenses. We're not saying you can't do it. I would just say don't take what's happened these last two weeks yeah. and just assume that's what's going to happen the rest of the year. Yeah, it, it, people's memories are short, right? And we remember what's happened recently. Yeah. But you go back, and it, it's not like they didn't score points, especially in 2015. I will say this, to Claude's point, and to all the guys that are, that are hyping up Brian Ferentz in this offense, Travis, you've put up 42 last week, 42 yeah. this 48 week. 48 last 48 week. last week, 42 this week. 90 points in the last two weeks. And you haven't played perfect football. No. You've had it, untimely interceptions, some really bad penalties, nine more penalties today in that game, and another pickoff by Nate Stanley that was just a horribly thrown football. And you've scored 90 points in those two weeks. So I can see why Hawkeye fans are, are pumped up about this. 284 1040. Let's go to Tommy. What's up, Tommy? Travis, I can't believe you've never heard of the Iowa Cornet and Molly Bowen. Never had, and neither one of us had, uh, uh, Tommy. So it's Molly Bowen probably was the greatest player to ever play in this state. Better, bar none. better than Lynn Lorenzen. Better than Jan Jensen. Better yeah. than Karen Jennings. Absolutely. She scored, I saw her score 55 points. Be- Hold on. Better than Connie Yori. Connie Yori was the, the single greatest women's basketball player I've ever seen in this state. I don't care. Machine Gun Molly Bowen was the greatest player to ever play I've ever seen play. All right. I, I'm just going to say and, Connie Yori gets and, my vote. And I'll give you a little trivia. Denise Long scored the wrong point bat against uh, Iowa. She was a joke for she wasn't in shape. And as far as Iowa offense, I will say this. We'll get to see a real quarterback tonight when we see the Iowa State quarterback. This kid was recruited by Nick Nick Saban of Alabama. This kid must be awfully good. And for Fredman, he must be awfully good. Thank you. Thanks, Tommy. Did you think Tommy was going to call about Molly Bowen? No. No? Neither did I. Should we be surprised that he called about Molly Bowen? No. No? Not at all? No, I mean, really, this... I've learned so much in this show. <laughs> and it's been fun. I don't... It's been fun. So, you know, I know this is sound off, and, and, and we're going to continue to talk about the Hawks for the next hour and uh, 45. 45 minutes. But Ross and I had a, an idea off the air. And as maybe maybe if they give us time, like on a Saturday, not when football doesn't exist, or you know during the off season, that you and I just get three hours on an afternoon and start with nothing, and eventually just come up with a topic and start putting. Just throw a subject. Just out throw, there and see no, what no, we're not no. even gonna throw a subject. We're just gonna start a conversation. This started with Teresa in Yarmouth. And look how many dots we've connected and the stories that we've gotten from it. We've had more calls on this than I, the Iowa game today. <laughs> Well, we're not done. Let's go to Atumwa. That's where Jamie is. Jamie, welcome to the Jethro's Barbecue Sound Off. Yeah. Uh, beside all the other stuff that you heard about Molly, they also made a movie called Dribble. What? The, uh, a, a movie called Dribble. Okay. 
Yes. And then he played it in all the theaters, about from between 78 to 80. I remember seeing it. So was it was the movie about the Iowa Cornets? Yes. Okay. I did not know that. Yeah, so I, I didn't know if anyone called you yet about that, and I thought they were still in on that. Oh, no. Nobody, nobody had called in about the movie Dribble. Designs on Dribble? Yes. It was kind of a design or something. It was about, them, about their team. Interesting. All right, Jamie. Thanks. I appreciate it. Okay, thanks. Thanks. I'm trying to find. I don't I don't see uh, Oh, oh dude, I just found it. It's actually called scoring. Scoring. Yeah, but that it's dribble. It, it but it's it it says this is the Wow, this is interesting. Okay, let's All get to more phone calls. You you do your you're you're like a sponge. You should see Rosh. He he's like a dry sponge. I just threw in the bathtub. It's like <laughs> Let's go back to Atoma. That's where Chuck is. Chuck, welcome to the Jethro's Barbecue Sound Off. Hey, you guys are great. And all I want to say, is, you know, I really can't follow up on Tommy calling in the show. But <laughs> we can barely follow it, man. It's a tough I know, thing. I know. What the hell? Uh, I love my uh, how my Hawkeyes attack. I love the way their temperament is. I love their pace. This is how we play Iowa football. I've been watching Iowa football since I was four years old. Now... This is how we play. Win the goddamn game. <laughs> oh, you scared me there. You scared me, Chuck. Did he? Wow. Did he kind of channel little Paul Rhodes there? I didn't hear Paul. He was Rhodes. fired he was up. A fired up, dude. But it was maybe you know, that little southern you know, draw. It's that, funny. I didn't. I did, I wasn't thinking of Paul. It was Rhodes. that southern Ankeny draw that dude, Paul Rhodes. It's had. almost funny here because southern Ankeny draw. I love that. You know what I was thinking of. <laughs> Hayden Fry. Okay, that's fair. Because he's, I've been to games yeah. when I was four years old. I mean, just yeah. assume, just what I heard in Chuck's yeah. voice, I okay. think that takes him back to the Fry okay, era. Okay, yeah, I would agree with you on that. And that, that say, was, I heard a, a guy that was excited, man. I'm thinking of the Rose Bowl! Chuck Long! We've had some screamers today. Have you noticed that? All right, man. It's energy. Let's go to Newton. That's where Jason is. Jason, welcome to the Death Rose Barbecue Sound Off. Is this uh, the morning snowflake? <laughs> it must be, yes. I, I mean, because that's what it feels like, guys. What do you mean? <laughs> what? What? What do I mean? Topic here, topic there, <laughs> topic here. We we'll go back to this topic. We're going to recycle content. We, we don't mean to. We're taking. Fo- <laughs> we're just. We're going with the flow of the show here, Jason. You know, you you callers, you're the ones to blame here. Well, first of all, I'm going to say that I don't think they were trying to go for another touchdown pass at the end of the game okay. with three seconds left. I, I, I think earlier, they though, were really... When they started the drive, I do remember the first play of the drive was a bomb. Remember? I don't know about that, yeah, the, Travis. The, the, fir- still... the, the first play of the drive was a bomb, and after that, they ran it, and I think it was kind of the element of surprise. And So why do you think he threw the pass at the end? Just because they didn't decline that penalty? Well, they declined the penalty, but... There's three seconds left. It's fourth down. Yeah. There, he's trying to scramble to get that three seconds off the clock, and he's just throwing it because he wasn't even a catchable ball. But there was at least a receiver in the area. Yeah, Jason, I think we could look at yeah that last play and say that that you know with three seconds left, they're just trying to burn those three seconds there. I do think you look at those plays before that; they're making a concerted effort to get the ball down the field there at the end of the game, which is again something we just don't see in that situation. Traditionally, Kirk Ferentz teams sit on the ball; they take a knee and they shake hands and they go to the locker room. It, I, I agree with the callers who say there's something different there. I'm not willing to say exactly what it is. 
Well, it just kind of goes back to the you know the first few weeks of the Big Ten when they went for it on fourth and one on the goal line, and when they did that fake field goal last week. It's just another touch of Iowa football that I like, but it you know it's also a better touch than uh, Travis's favorite team from where he lives. So. <laughs> Thanks, Jason. Man, have people a good are, one, guys. Ruthless. <laughs> Ruthless. <laughs> Tyler says, see, but I can laugh at him because Jason's laughing. Right, Tyler right. says, it sounds like Tommy's had to purchase a few more sarsaparillas now that he doesn't have his monthly XM bill to worry about. I find that funny. Uh, Bill says, Nate Stanley, last two games, 634 yards, 10 TDs. Incredible. Um, Caleb says, Hawkeye fans, feeling good as sound off WHO has gone full six on six discussion. <laughs> We're still waiting. We're we've, getting posters of Molly Bowen now. We've only got four players of our all-time six-on-six <laughs> team. Two slots to fill here on Sound Off. Uh, 284-1040. 284-1040. Dana in Des Moines. Stan Hold, Reverend Ray. Stay there. Jeff in Urbandale. We're going to get to your phone calls. This is the Jethro's Barbecue Sound Off on News Radio 1040 WHO. Turn, Hawkeye fans. This is the Jethro's Barbecue Sound Off. Sponsored by the Iowa Lottery, Cookies Food Products, and American Trust. Here we go. Inside a minute to go in the first period. And Stanley goes to Fant. Caught. Touchdown. Touchdown, Iowa. Noah Fant. One of five TDs. Six TDs six, today yeah. by Nate Stanley. About that. 300 yards, six touchdowns. You know, at the beginning of the game... Before it started, we kind of were referencing in the studio here those preseason notes that some of the NFL guys had that Nate Stanley could be one of the top college prospects in the NFL draft next year. I don't think that's still the case. I think he's fallen off a little bit there. But you see the numbers from a game like today, and you start to maybe understand a little and, bit as to how that's possible. And how- not, not only that, and I know it's Indiana. But he showed a little mobility at times, too. The, 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 I mean, he's a- 6'4", 242. He's thick. I wrote it down, Travis, because I wanted to remember. Oh, it's the uh, the touchdown to Easley, the twenty-one to ten. Yeah, yeah, that's fantastic. That, I mean, that play he's scrambling around. He's got a guy hanging off him ten yards behind the line of scrimmage. It looks a little bit like that throw to, uh, against Wisconsin. Here's Stanley. Gets away from a sack. Now is trying to run away from a second would-be sack man. Throws into the end zone, and it's caught for a touchdown. Unbelievable play by Nate Stanley as he somehow found Nick Easley alone in the end zone. Nothing against Dolph there, but his description of that play does not do what television did. If you watch that play, you go, wow. And you know, it, it when you're in that position, it is tough when something weird is happening yeah. on the field, like your quarterback's running backwards. It's hard to <laughs> Nate Stanley retreating from the line. Uh, oh, so you kind of do get that. Stanley's shedding the blocker. He, now he's spinning away from a guy. Now he's going to chuck it up. Two eight four ten forty. Let's go to Urbandale where Dana is. Dana, this is what Sean does. He goes, "It's Dana Ur- in Urbandale," and in parentheses, he's a man. Yes, that's true. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I have to do that because I didn't want you that over there going like to me a lot more than I'd like. <laughs> what do you got for us, Dana? Uh, this, it's sure fun to win, but I got to tell you, this trivia and this going down old t- old time stuff is amazing. I was in the movie Dribble. No, no way! way! Yes, I was. <laughs> Wait a minute! Now we have so many questions for you. <laughs> Dana, so Dana, during the break, we're like we're knee deep into Dribble right now, okay? Or or right. should we call it scoring? 
Well, they called it dribble when it came out. It was filmed mostly in Cedar Rapids. Okay. And one of the people in it, you wouldn't believe, was Pete Maravich. We just saw this. We know, I know this all now. Thank you, Dana. Yeah, so I got another question for you, though, that's going to be a little bit... Uncomfortable. Uncomfortable here on WHO, okay? I'm just going to read for you one of the descriptions I found, okay? An all-women's basketball team competes against a men's team in a sex-filled showdown where there's more than one type of Dunkin' going on. What no, I- we didn't see that. I, I, I tell you what I did. I was in the background. They had a deal in the paper where you could go over to Cedar Rapids on a certain night, about 6 o'clock, and it was at the old Regis High School there at Mount Mercy Campus. And a friend of mine and I, I lived in Grinnell then, and we drove over, and they gave us $2 plus an Iowa Cornet T-shirt to sit in the stands. And we went in, we said, let's sit right behind the bench. And we could see ourselves. When the movie came out a little later, we could see ourselves. And it was really weird because they'd have us stand up. And we had to practice being a crowd. We had to practice cheering. We had to practice clapping our hands. We had to practice. One time we all clapped our hands, but we couldn't touch our hands. So oh, they, so it couldn't they, be the noise. they put in the sound later. Yeah, yeah, because they needed to get uh, conversation happening on microphone. God. Yep, yep. And so forth. Uh, was Pete Maravich was well, out there. I, he put on he put on a show in between takes, Dana, spinning the ball and doing all kinds of funny stuff. He was worth the trip over there just to see him. Dana, is this a PG movie? Yeah, it wasn't okay, that. Okay. I, there might have been some stuff, but it was about a basketball team that was going out of business, so they scrimmaged some game against like an army team or something. But they did some playing the night we were there, but it. It was mostly a lot of sitting around. Yeah. It really was. It's so cool that you, first of all, the movie experience, the Pistol Pete part of this. Yes. You, tell me you still got the Cornets t-shirt somewhere. I don't. That's oh. one of those things that, you know, it's been 30-some years ago that I suppose in the movie that I did, you just somehow, it yeah. just got lost. Oh, I wish I had so, that. You're so, right. But the, oh. I did. I got a package in the mail about two weeks later with the t-shirt in and a check for $2 from the Iowa Cornet. <laughs> so, Dana, I got. We, I want to ask, have you been listening to Sound Off since we went on the air? Or when did you oh, pick I a- listen to you guys all the time. And I listen to you in the morning with uh, Heather. So, yeah, I'm a I'm a I'm a well, rabid listener. So I just didn't know. So you so you picked this up from the beginning of the conversation then. Oh yeah. All right. Oh yeah. Yeah, all the with Tommy and the Iowa Cornets. I went to a couple of their games. They you know, they the crowds weren't real big. I think they thought that because Iowa drew so well with the state tournament yeah. that that was gonna carry over to professional basketball. But the people that went to the state tournament weren't Des Moines people. They were yeah, people yep, from all over exactly. the state. All right, Dana, we got to let you go. Thanks for the no info. Problem. That's great stuff. We found out that the Iowa Cornets' first draft pick, this is amazing to me in itself, a seven-foot-four woman from the Soviet Union. <laughs> Reverend Ray, Jeff, Stu in Lake City, stay there. We're going to get to your phone calls next on the Jethro's Barbecue Sound Off. <laughs> on we, News Radio we don't know either. WHO. <laughs> Fox News, I'm Joe Chiro. President Trump soon hosts a political rally in Richmond, Kentucky, after meeting with Freed American Pastor Andrew Bronson at the White House. We especially want to thank the administration. You've really fought for us, uh, unusually so, for during the time uh, you took office. I know that you've been engaged, and Secretary of State Pompeo also.
was very engaged in both for us, and uh, Vice President Pence, uh, we're very grateful, uh, Mr. Bolton. Brunson was held in Turkey for two years on terrorism charges. Florida officials planning supply deliveries to Hurricane Michael victims. Police escorts have been arranged to speed up delivery of food and water to areas hard hit by Hurricane Michael. And in areas inaccessible by road, they're airdropping supplies. First responders are conducting door-to-door searches. Fox's Jonathan Sari. This is Fox News. Turn, Hawkeye fans. This is the Jethro's Barbecue Sound Off. Sponsored by the Iowa Lottery, Cookies Food Products, and American Trust. They're going to run Sargent off the left side. He fights for that first down. I think he's got it at the 27. Again, solid blocking off the left side of that offensive line. Now you're probably going, what the hell does that play even have to do to be on Sound Off? That was actually on a fourth and two. And I bring that up because I was one of two on fourth down conversion. But better yet, they were eight of 12 on third down conversion. Think about that number. And Ross, go back, go back to the beginning of the season when we first started. And Nate Stanley, I think game number one, game number two, was right around that 50% completion rate. Look at his completion rate, especially the last two weeks. We were up in that 60% range. Yep. That number that you said yes. the first week that yes. you wanted to see. So we're, we're starting to see that. And Travis, I think while you've seen that completion percentage go up, that's where this conversation that we're going to get into eventually about yeah. the identity of this offense we is We may go more into dribble and scoring, but... We're try- in the, during the break. We're going to try to set up some sort of viewing party. Yes. for this movie because Travis is Travis is over forty. I am forty. Well, I'm closer to fifty. Yeah, it's going to be nice there. <laughs> and this is not in our. We didn't know anything about this movie. I mean, I was, was nine made, when this. This movie was made in Iowa, featuring a bunch of Iowans and Pete Maravich. I'd never heard of it. So I know a lot of our audience is in that same position. I think we should do what we can to set up yes. some sort of viewing. I mean, do we have it at the Hall of Pride? You know what? They might actually have a copy of Dribble. Yeah. Oh, this could be great. You know, you drive by Stewart. There was a a movie made in Stewart called Fever Heat that was about dirt track racing. I did not know that. I tell you, Iowa's got a rich history here. 284 1040. Let's go see what Reverend Ray wants. Reverend Ray, welcome to the Jethro's Barbecue Sound Off. Hey, what's up, boys? Uh, Another another W for the Hawkeye Nation. the beers, no matter who who the Hawks play, the beers always go down smoother after the game. In heaven, there is no beer. That's why we drink and, it. And, uh, hey, shout out to Tommy with bringing the knowledge on the Cornets, man. It's like, for me, it like brought me back to when I was a kid because the register had a pull-out poster of Molly Bowling with the basketball, right? And I used to have it, like, taped to my wall, you know, with the other posters. So, like and right next to Farrah Fawcett with the big hair and the and, and, man. That's what I was. That's what I was going to get into, Travis. That's the similarity, dude. I had the Farrah Fawcett poster, and I made copies and sold them for fifty cents at Saint Anthony. See, see, <laughs> Ross is too young for this, Rev. Ross is too young for this. So you and I both had the Farrah Fawcett poster where she was in like a bronze. It wasn't even a bikini, though. It was like a bronze one no, piece. One piece. Yeah, it was one piece, man. It was like, but it's the Molly Bowen poster. With the basketball, it's like similar, man, because it has the, the same locks, you know. Yep, gotta the like same, the uh, and those locks are coming back. Have you noticed that? Yeah. 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 Hey, uh, another Fleetwood Mac knowledge before the show. Yep. Black Magic Woman. Yes, remade by Santana, <laughs> but was it originally uh, with with Mick? All right, thanks, buddy. Appreciate it. <laughs> We're gonna have to start calling this show like. And by the way, I'm going to let you know. potpourri or something. By the way, they sang Black Magic Woman last night, and I bet they do it in Des Moines. Is it tomorrow night? Yeah.
284-1040. Right. This is this is one of my favorite sound offs I've ever been a part of. Stu in Lake City, welcome to the Jethro's Barbecue Sound Off. Hey guys, you do a great job. I just wanted to say that Molly is not the one that was on the Tonight Show. It was Denise Long who scored over six thousand points, and on six on six she graduated in, in sixty eight. Molly Bolin was nothing until she was on the Iowa Cornets, but she was never on the Tonight Show. Okay, so it was Denise Long. It was Denise Long that oh, played Molly for Chester. Union Witten, and she—I tell you—she was something else. You need to Google her because. And watch her play because she's like no one other. So, she's, Stu, was it was it Larry Bird that they had Denise Long come and shoot against? No. Um, she, when she was on the Tonight Show, her and Johnny Carson shot the ball. Oh, okay. Well, and, you know, being yeah, Johnny Carson, not nearly yeah. as impressive. <laughs> Molly, you really and truly, I don't mean to take nothing from Molly, but Molly was really nothing in high school, and then she played for the Iowa born for the. She went on to play for the, our, our team. And she was she was she was good. I watched her on TV. She played really good, but she was no Denise Long. Denise Long is the she's the ultimate. She she was wonderful. I'm going to stick with Connie Yori being the best. No, Fonda Dix gets no love in this. Fonda Dix gets no love in this. That's what. Thanks for the phone call, Stu. Tyler, how did Fonda Dix not headline with Pistol Pete? Wait, so so Denise Long goes yeah. to the Tonight Show, and this is the memory thing, right? Because people, dude, you 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 just stole the words from my mouth. Like we're talking to a group of people that experience all the same stuff, and their memories of all of it will be different. Okay, when he says Molly wasn't anything in high school, Travis, we just watched a mini news story. She was quite the player yes. in high school. Yes, they called her Moravia Molly. Yeah, uh, yeah. Then, then it went then to Machine, Machine Gun. Gun Molly and all that. So. She was one heck of a player before the Cornets did yes. sign her. Anyway, let's go to this is amazing. We're going back to to Yarmouth. No, we're not. Are we really going back to Yarmouth, Mike? You have to know, and I mean, you have to know, Teresa. Well, I'm going to tell you if you want to look at the three best all round girls basketball players, and I'm talking all around. You have Death Coach from Minneapolis. You have Sandy Van Cleve from Montezuma, and you have Jeanette Olson from Everly. And if you want to look at the best defensive players, you got the Wishmeyer girls from Minneapolis, Cheryl and Barb, and one of the all-time best coaches in the nation was Vernon Bud McClern from Minneapolis. Enough said. All right. Do you know, do you know <laughs> Teresa? No, I do not. All right. You, you just yell her name. Open the door and yell her name. Somebody in Yarmouth's going to know Teresa. People are dropping knowledge on all this. It's amazing. Yeah, I'm telling you, Mike Sean. just did a mic drop on 70s six-on-six girls basketball. Like he, he wasn't interested in conversation. He wasn't interested he in the Hawkeyes. He didn't want to know what your opinion is. He was calling in to tell you there's no <laughs> doubt about it. Here's the top three. Yeah, you know, he, and he even had two defensive girls yeah, that were not, sisters. Not only did he go into the forward court, he went into the in, into the guard court, where of course the guards could not cross center line, and the ball was taken out after every made basket at center court, Sean. And you could only dribble twice, and you could only tie the ball up in the lane. It was the single greatest game ever. I'm just I, I'm learning so much. Joanna, I have a feeling, is going to drop some more knowledge on us from West Des Moines. Hi, Joanna. How are you? You're not going to believe uh, this, but you've actually called the Jethro's Barbecue sound off, Joanna. I have. Okay. i tell you what. I'm not into football, except as a drum major and twirler in high school, which was a long time ago. 
but I'm driving my car, and you're talking about six, six on six, or, and maybe you've already talked about this. Do you realize there's a musical called that? Uh, there's a musical called Six on Six? I, I didn't know that. I did know there was a musical. Okay. In fact, didn't like West John, Des Moines Valley just have it out at their high school like last year? Yes. Yep. John Ford, who is a, an Iowa composer and writer and, and, and writes everything for, wrote Six on Six. He wrote Caucus a number of years ago, if you recall that. I believe that was his first. But I, I did see it. It was really quite, really very good. And I didn't really know much about six on six actually i didn't follow uh, uh, basketball either so but you might look that up and kind of interview him someday because he's a i think they're planning to take it elsewhere and who knows it may end up in new york city you never know that's a good call joanna thanks so much you're welcome all right bye Goodbye. radio's just on ten forty, right just listening. Just listening. Didn't care about football. No, I, not I, at all. I only cared about football when I was a drum major. Which, by the way, that's quite an accomplishment. It really that's, is. That's, that's good job out of you, Joanna. The six-on-six six musical. I'm not much of a musical guy. Really? I, no, uh, I'm not. I don't know. It's not for you me. You haven't seen Les Mis? What's your take on West Side Story? What do you mean? I, you know, I, I've never seen that. I mean, that, that's an easy one to go to. I mean, have you... Have you Oklahoma? Uh, I went to... So where the wind comes whipping down the plane. Do Whoa, Oklahoma. I, I saw Les Mis in New York. So did I. Didn't care for it. What? Chad's a big Les Mis guy. Yeah. Yeah, I didn't care for it. I didn't understand it. You're you're a rebellion guy. You you're you're a you're you're one of, about government. You you'd think you did you would understand. I mean you you are Jean Valjean. Is that a compliment? Yes, I okay. think so. All right, I wasn't sure which it is. Two eight four ten forty. Two eight four and 40. Uh, this has been a wild sound off. It, it's gone in different directions that I never thought it would go. Travis and I did have three hours of Hawkeye conversations we did. planned. That we, we, we had and, it all mapped out. So now here's what we got to do. Do you guys plan on talking football? Because the caller that just called in, he's uh, enough talking basketball, more yes, football. Yes, yes. Well, actually, because I, Iowa State's getting ready to start, and I, we are going to bring up another conversation, especially about the Iowa offense in the 6 o'clock hour. And I just want to – we're not going to get to it right now. Now think about this because I want everybody to hang on for the 6 o'clock hour. It, does Iowa have confidence in its running game? And I want you to think really deep about that and look at the last two games and how those have gone. Because if you want to sit there and say that the, that the run set up the pass today, I'll say you're smoking something that's not legal. I, I will, Even though they had 150-plus yards rushing today, I didn't think the Iowa running game was that, was that great. I think they've had to go to the pass the last two weeks. That's coming up in the next hour. It is the Jethro's Barbecue Sound Off on News Radio 1040 WHO. Your turn, Hawkeye fans. This is the Jethro's Barbecue Sound Off. Sponsored by GNL Clothing and Schottenkirk Chevrolet. Nate's got plenty of protection. He fires downfield, has a man open, caught at midfield, and running in open spaces is Noah Fant. He may go. Oh, he's tripped up inside the 25-yard line, down to the 22. Now, you may remember that that pass. It was the long ball to Noah Fant. And I can make the argument, if Nate Stanley would have thrown a better ball, that would have been a touchdown. And people are going to say, what do you mean it was right on the money? No, it wasn't. He threw it short. Noah Fant had to come back to the football, which slowed him down a little bit. 
And, and don't get me wrong, it was a beautiful pass, beautiful play, big gain. But if he would have hit him in stride, that's a touchdown. They're not catching him. When he had to cut back just three steps, Ross, that slowed Noah Fant down. He puts it out there where that first touchdown to Fant is, where it's about three yards out. Noah has to outrun his defender and then make that one-handed catch as he's going down in the end zone. He, I think he even puts that ball out that far. And, and keeps it towards the sideline? I think you're right about that. Yeah. So Jessica writes in. She goes, uh, I thought I would save this for Hot Take Monday. You can, Jessica, because that's a different station. That's on KXNO, so you can air it here and then do it again on Monday. But I think Ferentz is retiring after next season. He's been more emotional this season than I think I've ever seen. How about that passing game? Six passing TDs, peaking to the Brian Ferentz era. Boy, I th- I will say this. I'll agree with her. This with this, and this is premature. This is speculative. When when Kirk Ferentz retires, it will be when you least expect it. It's not going to be at the end of the contract. It's not. I'll agree with that. Yeah, it won't. I don't think that benefits anybody for them to wait no. for him to get to the end of the contract no. because in those last couple of years, it's yeah. a recruiting nightmare. Yeah. So I think that her timeline is probably right about that. Oh, man, I, I I don't even want to let that sink into my head. We just won forty two to sixteen. Can we enjoy it? Two eight four ten forty two eight four ten forty. Let's go up to Urbandale. That's where Justin is. Justin, welcome to the Jethro's Barbecue Sound Off on News Radio ten forty WHO. What's up, guys? You're you're freaking me out, man. I woke up from a little nap. I turned on the radio, and I swear to God, I thought it was the morning rush. I thought I slept the entire weekend. <laughs> you could only be so, so. lucky, Justin. <laughs> Anyway, um, you, you know, uh, uh, Travis, you just posed the question: Do they, you know, have they lost faith in the running game? Um, I don't think so. I think, uh, I think at this point in Kirk Ferentz's tenure at Iowa, what's the one thing that you that they could do to really, you know, confuse other teams? Because you know, we've heard it from other teams in the past. We know what Iowa's going to do, and we as fans watching the games know what Iowa's going to do. So, you know, I think what they're doing, I think they're just coming out and changing up the game, man, and, uh, you know, going to a little bit of a pass first. I don't think they've abandoned the run. I just think they have some weapons out there that are allowing them to do this. So I think it's a little bit of, you know, gamesmanship. I think it's also a little bit of Brian Ferentz's influence on his dad, kind of loosen up the old man a little bit, maybe. I don't know. Uh, and that's a good take. I'm not saying they're abandoning the run, and maybe I phrased the question wrong, um, and that is – do they have faith in it, or have we turned away from there's not I, – I just don't think the run game the last two weeks has been established like we've seen in the past that would set up the, the – in the past that would set up the passing game. I think the passing game has helped the run game this last couple of weeks. They got five yards of carry this week. That's 32 carries, 150-some-plus yards. That's five yards of carry. But I think that was set up more by the passing game than the other way around. Absolutely. I think uh, you're absolutely right about that. And, you know, like I said, I think that's the one thing that uh, um, that the Iowa can do to confuse other teams when they're looking at them on tape. Well, all of a sudden, look at this passing game, especially the last two weeks. Now they got to account for everybody on the field. Last year, boy, I think every team they played just stacked the box and dared them to pass, and they couldn't do it for, you know, for whatever reason. Yeah, um, yeah so anyway, go Hawks, man. Go Thanks, Justin. Thanks, Appreciate Justin. it, buddy. Two eight four ten forty. Let's go to Brad and Ankeny. Brad, welcome to the Jethro's Barbecue Sound Off. Good afternoon, gentlemen. I, I do want to let you know you guys at the beginning were talking about how you know it's a big thing to go three hours. You're still pretty soft compared to Cotler and Newell, who used to go 
six plus hours. Well, well, hold on, (laughs) Red. Now, now, God bless Larry's soul, but here's the deal. They only let us do three hours. If they let us go, if they, if they let us go till 10 o'clock tonight, Ross and I'd be lining up to do it. Okay. That's good. (laughs) Uh, you guys were, you were talking about why you thought Kirk was allowing them to throw deep at the end. I'd like to offer another possible theory on what was at play there. You know, one of the areas that Iowa fans have sort of been concerned about is the quality of wide receiver recruiting. And uh, they have been hot on the trail of David Bell, who's the top wide receiver out of Indianapolis, who just happened to be at the game and who has told everybody who will listen that he was going to be watching how Iowa's passing game progressed this year as part of making his decisions. So it wouldn't surprise me if that might have been part partly at play in their their thinking that they were just going to, you know, help put on a show for David Bell since he was there. That's funny, Brad. Uh, we, we saw that somebody sent that into us on Twitter earlier in the show also and said, "Hey, maybe this had maybe the fact that David Bell was on the sideline had something to do with them trying to open up that playbook a little bit." You you're not the first one to bring that to our attention, Brad. I like that. You're the first one to talk about it on the air, and I'm yeah. glad you did because Travis and I just kind of ignored that at first and thought you know, we, we weren't sure how much validity there was to that, but uh, maybe there is something well, there. He's, he's clearly a priority for the staff. I mean, I mean, they've been in on him for a couple years, and Kelvin Bell's done a really good job over there in Indianapolis getting players. So I wouldn't wouldn't surprise me. Brad, thanks a lot thanks, for the man. phone appreciate call. It. Appreciate right, that, sir. Thanks. Hey, by the way, the number two team in the country is getting ready to fall. Uh, LSU is all over Georgia See, right now. I, I almost brought this up earlier, but we've just got a lot that we've been trying to get through today. <laughs> when a listener called earlier and said, hey, you guys should be paying attention to that, I'm not worried about this Georgia team. I don't think that they're a, th- a threat. I don't think that they're a chance to make it to the uh, the college football playoff. Their schedule gets so difficult during this second half. It starts with this game at LSU. They've still got Florida. They've got to play at a really good Kentucky team. They play a ranked Auburn team. I just I don't think Georgia's a team that right now is necessarily worthy of the concern that a lot of football fans are giving to them. I think by the time this season plays out, you might be talking about a top 15 team. We'll see. 284-1040. Dave in Des Moines, welcome to the Jethro's Barbecue Sound Off on News Radio 1040 WHO. Yes, I heard you talking about girls' basketball a while ago. Yep. And I want to tell you that the best basketball game I ever saw was between Union Witten and Everly and Jeanette, it was an overtime, and it was like it was 110 to 104. Yep. And um, Denise Long would shoot the ball and then turn her back and walk away, and about four out of five shots would go in. And Jeanette Olsen was a good player. And this Molly uh, Van, whatever her name is, from Arabia. Yep. I was a referee for 20 years, and I went down there and refereed a game with her in it. And I fouled her out. Oh, Dave. And she was a forward. How do you yeah, foul yeah, a forward well, out? Well, when you when you stick your leg between somewhere and make a girl fall, and when you take your elbow and push her out of the way, that's a foul. It's funny. Now, now I, go ahead, Dave. I thought I was going to get killed before I got out of town. <laughs> and, and I'll tell you, I did get out of there quick because I don't think that ever happened, but it wasn't fair to the guards. Thanks, Dave. I appreciate it. The funny thing is, we just watched this long piece on Molly Bowen. She's competitive. No Doesn't doubt about, like to lose. No doubt about that. Yeah. Fun. Man, we've <laughs> talked to a guy that was in the movie. 
Talk to a guy that officiated her games. We just got a clip of Pistol Pete in the movie. I love our listeners. Darren Stanhold, your call coming up. WHO, Des Moines, and iHeart Radio Station. And on your HD radio, KDRV HD2. News Radio 1040, WHO. To sell or not to sell, I'm Roger Stern, Fox News. Washington grappling with the issue of whether to continue arms sales to Saudi Arabia after Washington Post columnist Jamal Khashoggi disappeared inside the Saudi consulate in Istanbul and is feared dead. Former U.N. Ambassador Bill Richardson. If they are responsible for this, I don't say you end the economic relationship, you kill the entire uh, arms deal, but I think you... You, you draw a line and, and you put some kind of sanction on the Saudis. President Trump says he doesn't want to cancel arms sales, but he offered this threat to Saudi Arabia if they did indeed kill Khashoggi. We're going to get to the bottom of it and there will be severe punishment. The president on CBS's 60 Minutes. An Oval Office reception for American pastor Andrew Brunson, who was released by Turkey after two years in prison for supposedly tied to terrorism. We are so honored to have you, and anything final you'd like to say, and then you're going to go and relax and go home and celebrate and have a great life, right? Brunson thanked the president and his advisors for negotiating the release, the pastor then praying for the president. Hundreds of mourners filled a church in upstate New York as they said goodbye to four sisters and four other family members who died in last week's horrific crash of a stretched limo. Twenty people perished, 18 in a vehicle and two pedestrians. The limo failed a safety inspection and the driver was not properly licensed. Democrats are going after Republicans for expanding the use of short-term health plans. Alabama Senator Doug Jones saying those plans are sadly deficient. These junk plans don't have to cover maternity care hospital visits, addiction treatment, pre-existing conditions, and much more. Jones delivering the Democratic Party's weekly media address. This is Fox News.